Today on Snail Trail 4x4, Jimmy breaks a break and Tyler cooks a thermostat. Today's episode of Snail Trail 4x4 is brought to your ear holes by... Sneedy's Off-Road is your number one source for custom and aftermarket products for your 4x4, ATV, and side-by-sides. Quality parts that don't break your bank. If we don't have what you're looking for, we'll get it. Sneedy's Off-Road. The trail starts here. Welcome one, welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. If you like going off-roading in Toyotas, wrenching on Toyotas, camping in Toyotas, and maybe even poking a little bit of fun at Toyotas, and of course, hearing about how awesome Toyotas are in snow when they get to pull out all the Jeeps, then this is the podcast for you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your hosts today, Tyler, and sitting here with me in the Snail Trail Studio is the one and only Mr. Hydrojet himself. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing good, Tyler. That's Life's good. going well. That's good. We had a, a listener who called you by your official title I know. <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dow. Yep. And then he <laughs> called me, what did he call me? Electronicized Tyler? Electronicized Tyler. Tyler, Tyler yeah. Electron, whatever. Something like that. <laughs> so, yep. So you're doing good? Yeah. Nice. Kind of stressing a little bit, trying to get everything done before the big trip. As we all are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got um, a bunch of videos to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some podcasts to record so yep. that nobody even knows you're gone. Yeah. And then we got, uh, I have some repairs to do. You have to pack for a month. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'll, man. I'll probably only pack for like two weeks because there is uh, laundry service on the boat. Oh, nice. They don't just like have you throw it on like a, a trolling line out behind the mm-hmm. boat and just drag it through the water. Salt water. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't know why, but your undies caught an albacore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you saying your your undies have a fishy smell to them, Jimmy? Nah, I don't. <laughs> That's not what I was implying. Oh, okay. I was just trying to make a joke. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know if there's albacore down there. I don't either. We should I, you should find out while you're down there. That's your yeah. your goal for this trip. That, that's my homework. Your homework is to find out if there's albacore in Antarctica. I don't think so. I think they're uh, tropical fish. Oh, okay. Well, cool. That's good. I hope that you have. I'm wishing you good luck. Thanks in getting everything together. Yeah. <laughs> Without panicking and and you know losing and your marbles and then mm-hmm. going on a killing rampage. Mm-hmm. So I should show you the suitcase that the assistant gave me. It, Can it fit uh, a large child in it? Yes. <laughs> I might be able to squeeze in it. <laughs> That's funny. You could save yourself a plane ticket and just yeah. put yourself in your suitcase. <laughs> it is ginormous. The problem that I might have is there's a 50 pound weight limit on per bag. Oh yeah. And so I think this might uh, exceed that just by being put in, Fill if I fill it up, uh-huh. you know, with two weeks of clothes and random other stuff in there, and a bunch of videos, cameras, and some video cameras, and some you know recording equipment, and uh-huh. you know, I don't know what else is going to go. I was thinking about bringing a Bluetooth speaker and just. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you know. are you bringing Bobcat's Bluetooth speaker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> that uh, it ran out of batteries, so I char- uh. recharged it, which made me think I need to bring the cable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if I bring it on the trip. But yeah, there's a lot of 
like little packing that I have yeah. to, you know, get done. Now, when you when you get ready for big trips like this or big like wheeling trips that are going to be for like a week at a time or something, mm-hmm. do you make a physical list mm-hmm. of stuff and then just kind of go through and yeah. cross things off as you go? Yeah, I have a I have a few lists in my phone. On I use Evernote is okay. where I keep a lot of notes, mm-hmm. and I have a few lists in there um, for different styles, like overnight camping or overnight or a week long off roading trip or an international trip. You know, okay. You know, then depending on, like, I don't really need to bring a passport on an overnight camping trip. Yeah. You know, so (laughs) that one's on the international travel list, Uh you know. So, um, yeah, I've got, I have a a physical long list of items, you know, whereas the camping list I have, you know, is like long johns and, you know, parkas and what, you know, whatever Uh else that you might use, you know, like sleeping bag and Mm -hmm. sleeping pad and. um, So interesting. So you already have pre-made lists that you reuse. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. I don't do that. I just kind (laughs) of make a new list every time. Yeah. No. (laughs) And then if I'm, if I'm remembering while I'm doing things, I Mm -hmm. usually try to add or, um, add things to the list if I can. Okay. Well, cool. That's exciting. Because I actually, it's funny because I just reviewed my international list and, um, at the very bottom, there's like house prep before you leave. Oh, yeah. You know, like turn your, um, water heater down. Uh It's like, why do I need to heat my water heat, you know, heat the water heater so high if I'm going to be gone for weeks or a Uh month, you know? And, um, you know, this one had, um, I didn't have it on there, but I stopped my mail actually because I'll be gone for so long. And it's just like, I don't want to worry about, the mailing backing up or somebody having to come over and grab it. Yeah. But on the list was also fee, um, get somebody or get somebody to take care of your fish. Oh. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, I don't have the fish anymore, so we yeah. can remove that one off the list. So. I wanted to make some goldfish glitter bombs though. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, we are playing around with trying to make Jimmy sound like Barry Manilow on this episode. So, Playing on some of the audio equipment. <laughs> so, oh, are we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, hope that's yeah. not throwing you guys off too much, but um, should be fun. We're just kind of you know, playing, trying some new things. So, see if we can get a better audio quality out there for everybody. Um, we have a fun episode in store today because mm-hmm. Jimmy and I went and did something fun. I think this is the the third time that we've wheeled together. I think so. <laughs> so we're averaging like once a year right now. Yeah, since we've known each other. So uh, I think is- we'll update up, update, upgrade that this year. Oh yeah, whatever. Well, well we have at least two trips this year, and one of them's under our belt now. <laughs> right. Um, well, we also figured out KOH would probably be. Likely, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gone." Oh yeah, I'm in peace, Antarctica. Peace out. So, yeah, the uh, um, we had a fun trip this weekend. So we'll dive mm-hmm. into that in a little bit here. Uh, but first, I wanted to say that we have officially one more day. I guess two, if you count today, that you're listening to this episode because uh, this airs on Thursday, the twenty, the thirtieth. So you have all of Thursday the 30th and then all of the day on 31st Friday to get in for the Morflate Duo giveaway for the month of January here. Uh, we already have uh, some things set up for February. So we will announce that, let's see here, on Monday's episode, uh, January or February 3rd, we'll announce what the giveaway is for February. So hang tight for that one. Um, but make sure if you guys do want to get in on any of the giveaways we have, head on over to patreon.com slash snail trail 4x4. 
and sign up for the giveaway tier. So we try and always make sure that that item is a minimum of a hundred dollar value, if not more. And I believe the last like four items we've had or so have been uh, nicely over that hundred dollar mark. So mm-hmm. I believe so. Um, so check those out if you guys want to be involved with that giveaway and be counted for it. Uh, also, when you sign up for that, there is some other options there. One of them is to get in on the Facebook community page. So we kind of goof around and talk with people and uh, get to see other people goof around and talk with each other and make fun of us and um, call me mean names, jerks, on the, the Facebook page. <laughs> the truth so, comes out finally. I know, right? <laughs> So if you want to get in on that too, that's also you can get signed up through the Patreon account. And um, the gift boxes are well on their way. So well, they're they're well on their way to being put together. Yeah. Like they're not on their... They're not yet. on their... I just scared Jimmy. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so uh, yeah, those are getting together. So we'll announce those, um, I believe, at the end of March. What's there finally... And actually, it's going to be in April because we want to make yeah. sure everybody gets the boxes <laughs> before we announce what's in them. Um. Yeah, I think that's it for updates. We had, uh, I just wanted to also go over a couple of the reviews because I was reading through some of them, some of our iTunes reviews. Okay. And a couple of them caught my eye, just made me laugh. So, uh, this one here is from, uh, B. Kuntz85. Uh, and it says, awesome podcast, keeps me entertained on my commute and things of that nature. Definitely motivates me to get the Yoda riding a bump into them on the trails one day. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, thank you for that review. Uh, That one made me laugh a little um, with our drinking game going on. And then another one was from Nubby James. He said, "Uh, Tyler and Jimmy pass on lots of great wheeling information in a fun and entertaining way. Build as a Toyota podcast, but the information is applicable to any wheeler. And I even learned a few Jeep JK specific tips. Like how to most efficiently order my Starbucks. <laughs> so uh, use the app. Uh, yeah, use the app. <laughs> uh, so I thought those were hilarious. So just reading through some of them um, over the weekend while we were hanging out. So that was fun. Uh, thanks, guys, for the reviews. Keep them coming. Uh, reviews are definitely one of the the biggest ways. Uh, reviews and ratings. Uh, so just go on and give us a, a one, two, three, four, or five, preferably five. Star rating. There are a couple of you. We have two four star ratings. Yeah, and we're gonna hunt you down. And well, it's funny. I I tried to find them. (laughs) Uh I looked at I looked at our ratings and I tried to find them, and there I found one of the four star ratings. And and the comment was something along the lines of "It's a really great podcast." Four stars. (laughs) Like okay, was that Jason? I don't know. No, (laughs) I don't know who it was. But I thought if it was great, why why are we getting five? Maybe his level for greatness isn't yeah. as as high what's, as what's mine next? is. What's after great? Fantasmic. Yeah, that would. So if we have a really fantasmic <laughs> podcast, we would get five stars. Yes, got it. So we got to upgrade the podcast now. Got to mm-hmm. put in more effort to make it fantasmic instead of just great, okay. so that we can hunt down whoever that was and make them change it. Yeah. So I ask him if we are fantasmic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I pick whenever we say that word. I picture like glitter going off, like. Like a glitter bomb? Yeah, like a glitter bomb. Just boom. <laughs> Fantasmic. Yay. With it like a rainbow in the background? Absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> so anyways. Unicorns uh, prancing. Unicorns prancing. Is there anything riding the unicorns? Jack- I'm just trying to get a good mental image here of what your mental a image a is. A jackalope. 
a jackalope <laughs> riding a unicorn, uh-huh. prancing in front of a rainbow with glitter going off, exploding. That says phantasmic. Exactly. All right. I like it. Well, can we make that a t-shirt now? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Put that on the, the website? Yeah. I'll start working on it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, so another All right. <laughs> a piece of, uh, uh, I don't know. Did you have any other updates? No. Okay. So one thing I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, something you told me about an hour ago. Oh, okay. So uh, you posted a poll mm-hmm. on the YouTubes. Yeah. And you asked people, you said, hey, I'm going to Antarctica for a month. I'm trying to get some videos out here, but would you guys like to see um, a vlog style of my trip? A vlog of my trip? A video log of my trip? Mm -hmm. Or would you like it to be more just Toyota content and I'll get some Toyota stuff if I see them while I'm on my trip and blah, blah, blah. And what was the response you got? Uh, I've had about 90% mm-hmm. of the people that have voted, which last time I looked, it was around 80, mm-hmm. maybe like 85 people voted. Uh-huh. And around 90% of them say they want me to do vlog, some vlogging while I'm down under. So does that, so now, so now you're going to be working. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it as more fun. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to take it too seriously. And I think that'll be, that could be fun. Uh-huh. You know, it could be a different, Different view, different way of thinking, different, you know, attitude towards it. Okay. So, cool. I'm excited to see that, how that turns out now that you're going to be taking some cameras down with you and yeah. and videoing and having a good time with your trips and some mm-hmm. of the excursions you're going to be going on. Um, I want to see a video of a Coca-Cola polar bear, just FYI. You won't. Why? Because polar bears aren't in the Southern Hemisphere. Well, that's stupid. Why not? Because <laughs> they're only in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> they need to learn how to migrate south for the winter then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and penguins <laughs> Penguins don't get into the northern hemisphere. Penguins or pelicans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? That was a trivia. What was the, yeah, that was... No, was, was it Yeah, trivia? it was trivia when we were going up to see Cody. That's what it was. And we were sitting because <laughs> we, we went to... Um, Knee Deep Brewing to take yeah. him some beers since I knew he liked those beers. Uh-huh. And uh, so we stopped off at Knee Deep and we went to buy beers and we were sitting there having a sampler. Uh-huh. Um, and they were having trivia go on. And I kept that one of the questions was like, what is a bird in the Southern Hemisphere that can't fly or yeah, something like that? It was like, like what is the only flightless bird or bird that can't fly? Yeah. That starts with a P. That starts with a P. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept saying <laughs> pelican. Yeah. But in my head, I meant I was saying penguin yeah but what was funny is uh he was saying pelican and then while we were getting you know rung up for the beer and so me and the cashier are like oh pelicans definitely fly yeah. and you're like no they don't we're like yes they do <laughs> <laughs> and then we started saying about how no they fly in finding nemo and you're like i mean i guess so but that's, I was, that's I, not well, I, mean, I said <laughs> i don't even remember a pelican oh, in flight, finding nemo still <laughs> yeah. thinking penguin, penguin yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we get into the car and we start talking about something else and a, a penguin came up. I yeah. think because we started talking about Antarctica. Yeah. And you were like, and so I we mentioned penguin. You're like, penguin, that's what it was. I was like, what are you talking about? You're all the flightless bird. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a penguin. He goes, that's what I was trying to think of. So <laughs> yeah. it was just it was now, now penguin and pelican are mm-hmm. synonymous. Synonymous. They're the same thing. Um. I don't, so, yeah. So anyway, so. back to off-roading. Okay, let's uh, do it. <laughs> so uh, Jimmy and I got to go on a really fun trip this weekend, mm-hmm. this last weekend to Cal Four oh. Wheels. Before we go there. 
we already went there though. Can we talk about uh, what's happening on the thirty first? Oh yes, take it away, Maestro. So well, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day that this is released, uh-huh. um, there's a march on the Capitol for the Oceana Dunes with the Jerk Pirates and Freedom Ropes. Mm-hmm. So make sure if you can get the time off because it is on a Friday to get out there early in the morning. I think nine to ten. Nine to ten, yeah. So around nine to ten, uh, we'll be out there and we'll be out there for a little while. I know that they are actually going to be going inside the Capitol and uh, expressing or talking about um, alternative ideas to keep the Oceana Dunes open and how to reduce silica or, you know, what is actually the measurements and finding out more details. But all this is... Um, to really show our presence as a community of off-road, the off-roading community to try and show that we are, can manage ourselves, that we are, you know, care about the environment and we're not here to actually just run havoc. Yeah. You know, and, um, prove to the committee that we can deal with these things ourselves instead of having a government agency come down on us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check it out. Come out and support. It does. The official start time is 10 a.m. Okay. For that event down at the Capitol. But I know that people are going to be showing up and hanging out for a little bit beforehand. So, um, I think 9 a.m. was kind of the unofficial start time of, of showing up and mm-hmm. hanging out and saying hi to everybody, kind of networking before, um, the, uh, the official, um, what am I thinking of? The official entry time. Entry time, I guess. So, yeah, the, um, show up Friday morning if you can get the time off of work. If not, just you know, show up for a, a couple hours, an hour, half an hour, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. whatever time you can provide um, down at the Sacramento Capitol. So 10 a.m. is when that starts. Come by and show people how much support we have out there. So All right. Now yeah. let's jump into it. Okay. So we went on a fun trip to Cal Four Wheels Winter Fun Fest. Yay. Which is my favorite event of the year each year because I love snow wheeling and I love hanging out with people and being on runs and helping people figure out how to do snow wheeling and um, getting to see all our buddies that like to razz us Mm -hmm. and have the camaraderie with everybody there. So... Um, you get food, you get fed for the weekend. There's organized runs and people that'll make sure you'll make it off the trail just fine. Um, and it's a great organization that is doing a lot to fight for our rights, like Oceana Dunes. Um, there will be people from Cal Four at the march on Friday as well. So, uh, yeah, fun event. How was your take on it? Because this was not your first time at the event in person, but right. it was your first time wheeling at the event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh we got up there on Friday around four. Yeah, five almost. Yeah. Um, and you know we we walked in and checked in and we started setting up our booth and hanging out and you know from the our last trip up there actually I think we we're, we're on high CR four by four then I think so yeah yeah um, we were under them the yeah other, the old podcast and. Uh, Um, you know, so we got to know some people up there and we, you know, you already know a lot of people up there. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people are actually asking you like, why didn't you do another ham class? Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so that's another story. Yeah. But, um, we, I mean, I thought it was great. I mean, I going up there and experiencing it 
sort of from the start to kind of the end. Uh-huh. Um, I did take off on Saturday night where they do do Sunday. <laughs> you said do do. Where they do <laughs> Sunday runs. Uh-huh. Um, I missed out on that just because I needed to get back and do some work. Um, and prep for my trips and everything coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had a great time. I I liked the excursion that we went on. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a uh, it was fun to get out there and go do some snow wheeling. I think the trip I went on with my buddy Chris was more difficult because we were trying to wheel in at the you know um, Fort Ice Trail. Oh yeah, you know. Yep. So it was like there was ledges and icy <laughs> yeah. cliffs that we were trying to climb. Where this one was sort of a this one was. An advanced intermediate trail? Kind of. I mean, it de- really depends on how much you go out of the packed-in tracks. Yes. So, it's a it's an advanced intermediate, but it's really like as long as you have four-wheel drive and you can air down to 10 PSI or lower, you're going to be fine. It's just a matter of where you are in the line sure. <laughs> of cars. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, maybe we're getting a little ahead of us. Let's, let's shall we back up to Friday? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... So Friday was fun. We pretty much just checked in, hung out, um, and then they served dinner that night. Mm-hmm. And we had burgers or hot dogs and salad and a few other small things. Chili. Chili. You, you had oh, a chili yeah. burger. I had a chili burger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were handing out little cups of like chili. And I was like, can I get mine right on my burger? And they kind of <laughs> looked at me funny and they're like, yes, you can. <laughs> yeah. Like it's super stoked. <laughs> like nobody's done it before. Yeah. And um, so I made a little chili burger. And then we sat with a bunch of the Mad Hatters, mm-hmm. which was fun to get to. I've, I've seen them or met a few of them, mm-hmm. you know, but this was more, I actually was interacting with them. Yeah. So that was a good time. Um, we hung out there for a while. We hung out in that, that room in the, the hall. The main hall. Yeah. yeah. Till like 10. Yeah. <laughs> and just BSing, mm-hmm. hanging out with people, talking, having mm-hmm. a few beverages. And then uh, we went to go set up camp we like we were tent camping so i took bobcat up and i had the rooftop tent and then you uh brought kermit up uh-huh. and you had your gazelle uh-huh. pop-up tent which My goes P3. up three super fast yeah <laughs> i was it's amazed nice. um which i when you were talking about that your trip with barrett lake and um how it snowed and how you were mm-hmm. curious if the snow the tent would hold up the snow weight yeah i i was kind of like why wouldn't it you know, yeah. and then watching you pop the <laughs> center section of your tent, how it literally go pops up. Yeah. Um. I now it makes sense. Like, okay, if too much weight is on there, <laughs> that whole thing could cl- pop down. Yes. And then you would have it would pretty much just be a snow collection. Yeah, divide. it'd be a big it'd be bowl. A funnel <laughs> yeah. of snow collection going on. Yeah. So I could see how that would have been bad. Um. But we even then after when we set up camp and we were just sitting around like a lantern. Mm-hmm. And we talked for like an hour and it was like, uh-huh. and I think I ha- was drinking some old elk and you were drinking nothing, maybe some water. Yeah, I had water. Um, that was it. I was yeah, drinking water. Yeah, you didn't have anything really. Yeah. And then around 11 o'clock, I think we went to bed. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped into the rooftop tent. I laid sheets down, but I um, slept in a sleeping bag. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I pretty much my thought process was I was going to throw the sheets in there and then they'd be ready for the next time I go wheeling. Okay. Yeah. And then I was super warm. Yeah. It drizzled a little bit that night. Mm -hmm. You just said you didn't hear it. I didn't hear Um, any rain at all. Yeah. Friday night. There was a little bit of rain. Um, And then it was totally calm, not windy at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it was a, 
It was a nice night on Friday night. It um, was. Yeah. It, we, there was, when we originally showed up, there was a little puddle where we were going to stay. We were like, right. and we, we, we kept tried, rearranging like, <laughs> our trucks to go like, cu- like put Bobcat over the puddle yeah. and, you know, and there's all this land around us. Yeah. And we're like, why don't we just move our camp like 25 feet, feet around. <laughs> <laughs> around this tree? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, that would be smarter. That's easier. Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, I was super warm as well. Um, I found, you know, before the Oktoberfest run where I went on with the Wheeling Wine and Whiskey guys, um, I found this old, I want to say old, it's a canvas sleeping bag that I found in the bottom of one of my closets. Yeah. And it's like eight feet long and heavy duty and it's super warm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, score. Um, but yeah, I had that and I was I was actually too warm with that in my comforter. So okay. I ended up having to like have my torso outside of the sleeping bag mm-hmm. and just under the comforter. Um, but it was great. I had no complaints. Um, Friday night was awesome. We, you know, just woke up earlier than what I would really want to. Yeah. Um, we were up at like 6 a.m. Yeah. So 6 a.m. 601 because it had to be after six. We couldn't wake up before six. (laughs) Right. So and we really didn't get out of bed till like 615 or like get out there. And then so I had to do a quick pack up and then, um, you know, close the tent up. And then we drove over to the main hall again and ate breakfast Mm -hmm. and pancakes. Yeah. um, And eggs and bacon. Yep. And then uh, we uh, went up, started heading out to the trailheads. Everybody started. Div- dividing and conquering and <laughs> yeah, out emptying the main hall um do did all trails start around nine about the same time okay. nine to nine thirty usually right yeah. and we had about a 45 minute drive from where we were <laughs> it's more like an hour yeah from there if you if you had a normal car that could go you know 70 miles an hour 70 yeah. 75 through that through 49 but you know in our rigs we max out at 45 right. uphill so yeah <laughs> And yeah, then it takes about an hour to get on there. the way there, uh, Bobcat's caliper seized. Oh, before we talk about that. Oh, okay. Um, we can talk about getting up to on oh. Friday. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> so we got up. Take it away, Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys may or may not know, if you've been listening, um, Kermit has been having some overheating issues. And, you know, it started at well, the... it started with your first gen. Well, I mean, I guess I've personally been having overheating issues. Right. So, so I think <laughs> let's just say that it's you. Yeah. No matter what rig you're in, there's overheating issues. <laughs> may, oh, that's fair. Let's, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Um, but the, the overheating in Kermit started with uh, the trip to Old Can Brewing for the toy drive. And where I overheated and we ended up dumping a ton of water into the coolant system on the side of the freeway. Yeah, uh, with Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, Dust Blower Taco. So, uh, and everything was looked okay. I mean, we figured my my radiator cap came loose and it just all boiled off and steamed off. Right. And uh, then a couple weeks ago, I was up at the in-laws, future in-laws in Placerville. And when I got up there, I parked and there was steam billowing out from under my hood. And I was like, what the hell? And so I go and look, and my radiator cap was on, and it was in the locked position, but there was still steam coming out from the radiator cap, and nothing getting over into the uh, um, remote, the reservoir. reservoir. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I went and bought a new radiator cap. It was the wrong size, and it was the. And then I found out 
through that process that I have a 3.4 engines radiator out of a Tundra <laughs> in oh, the wow. in the forerun in Kermit. So um, I got a new radiator cap. It was holding just fine, except when I then I drove over here on Friday to um, get you so that we could caravan up to Winter well, Fun Fest. And somewhere in here, you changed out your water pump. Yes. And so the, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Tuesday or Wednesday before Winter mm-hmm. Fun Fest, I changed out my water pump, which I yeah, think we talked, we about, talked about on about last Thursday's yeah. episode. And so I changed out the water pump. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I hadn't had any issues since I changed out the water pump. Right. But then I show up here at the snail trail compound and we, I, I'm, we got steam coming out from under my hood. And I'm like, I'm just getting pissed now. You were furious. I was pretty pissed. I was pretty upset. And so uh, <laughs> we finally, before we leave, we took my thermostat out. And we cooked it on the stove. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way that you can tell if your thermostat is working or not. So uh, your thermostat in most engines is pretty easy to get to for the most part. So definitely learn where that is in your engine and how to get to it. Um, because if you're having overheating issues, one of the, the quickest things you can do to help see if you can solve the issue is it's usually your thermostat's acting up. And so you can pull your thermostat and just run with no thermostat. And if you don't have overheating issues, then you know your thermostat's acting up. But you can also pull a thermostat, throw it in a pot of water, and boil it on the stove. And you should, as it's reaching boiling, you know, whatever your temperature your thermostat sets at, uh, you know, usually it's around 180 to 190, somewhere in that range. Um, so just before the boiling point of water, you can start watch. You can watch your thermostat and watch it open up if it's mm-hmm. working properly. So we put my thermostat on the stove and cooked it, and it didn't open. Nope, not at all. <laughs> it didn't budge. It didn't move. And so we're like, oh, well, hopefully that's the issue. And so what I'm thinking happened, and I'm thinking that my bum thermostat killed the seals, blew out the seal in my water pump. Yeah. Or a combination of both. Maybe the water pump was going out and the thermostat froze, stopped working as well. I don't right. know. Right. I, I would say mm-hmm. uh, the thermostat not popping open was yeah. making your engine hot and it was pumping out. That's what I'm thinking too. Mm-hmm. So we pulled, just didn't put the thermostat back in mm-hmm. and drove um, up the hill to Auburn. And we went up that first grade and then pulled into Auburn to check and see how things were. Uh, my temperature gauge looked fine. Mm-hmm. in the the dashboard um but we got there and i was leaking coolant out of my thermostat housing right which is just because there was no gasket there anymore Correct. because we took the thermostat out so i was like okay well it seems like the thermostat is the issue because the engine's running just fine it's not boiling it's not steaming nothing's going on it's just leaking out of the thermostat housing because there's no gasket on it so let's go find an auto parts store get in a thermostat put it in and then we should be good for the weekend, hopefully. Cross my fingers. And so that's what we did. And we changed out the thermostat in a Napa uh, drive, a parking lot. Right. Say a driveway. A Napa parking lot. Swapped it out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, me crawling up and crawling into the engine bay to do it was interesting. I got some funny looks from people walking and driving through the parking lot there. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Made it happen. Made it work. And I didn't have any issues the rest of the weekend. Which is awesome. So, nice. So that was it. I'm hoping that the overheating issue is all done and everything is straightened out and, and no more overheating issues. Hopefully. Right? Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that solves it. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so that was Friday. That was our our, our adventure Friday. Mm-hmm. So now our adventure Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So while we're uh-huh. on the way up to the Siberian Express snow run, mm-hmm. um, we are driving down um, a, a canyon in the Highway 49, mm-hmm. and everything was going good. But then when I started heading up the canyon, I um my truck started like loping or like the like the truck was kind of galloping. It was weird. Um, huh. It was literally like would feel like it was something was catching and then it would move forward and then something would catch and it would move forward. Interesting. And then, um, and my acceleration was extremely diminished. Okay. So like it was struggling to get power and move. Uh Um, and then I let go of the gas and I let go of the wheel and my truck did a hard left turn (laughs) driver's side turn, you know, into the like oncoming traffic, but there wasn't any. And I was like, uh, oh, I have a seized caliper. Uh, uh, bum, bum, bum. Oh, there's something going on with my brakes, right? Yeah. Um, so I pull off and I like hop out real quick and I look down and there's steam coming out <laughs> from my caliper. <laughs> yeah. And so I radio you and I was like, hey, Tyler, <laughs> I got a seized caliper. And you're like, okay, there's a place to stop up here. And I was already stopped on the side of the road. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll come <laughs> up to you. And so I was just going slow and just kind of, you know, trying not to build up too much heat. Um, but I got up there and then you looked underneath and it was like glowing red. It was, it was glowing red. Yeah. It was Not super, it was, super bright, but it was definitely a different color. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of were like, uh, okay, what See, do we I do? No, I didn't know you had a place to kind of pull over. I thought you were mm-hmm. still on the road when you radioed me and driving. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we'll just keep on coming. There's a big wide spot here mm-hmm. that I'm coming up on a huge spot where you can put multiple rigs in and, yeah. And and take things apart if we need to. So Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. that that it was kind of a driveway or yeah. something where we pulled in. Mm-hmm. Um it was bigger than where I had pulled over, mm-hmm. but I I had enough room for definitely two rigs where I was at, but okay. it didn't really matter. So we got up the <laughs> we sort of were waiting for it. <laughs> so it's funny as you were coming up, I just knew oh. you just said you had a seized caliper. And so you're driving up, you know, in in the correct lane of the road. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden your truck dodges and like like flies into the other lane i'm like why why you turn you need to turn this way to get into the 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 Mm -hmm. parking area and um and so you you come in finally correct it and come in you're all you're all see that's how much it's pulling i was like what do you mean you're all when i when you you saw me just jump across the lane over here i just let my hands go from the steering wheel that's what Uh happened and i was like oh holy crap yeah (laughs) Yeah, you really do have a seized (laughs) caliper then right (laughs) And, uh, so we just sort of let it cool down and then for a little while, and then we started pouring water on it very slowly, Mm -hmm. which probably isn't the best idea to do in this, in this situation. But the, I think in the long term, I'm going to repeat or in short term, I'm going to be replacing that whole system here Mm -hmm. anyway with uh, a Tundra, um, disc brake setup. So I wasn't too concerned with just dumping some water on yeah. it. Yeah, I w- didn't want it to crack or anything, but we probably hardened the rotor, which isn't good for it. Yeah. Um. So it was an interesting time, and then once it cooled down, we, it was like a an audible click. Yeah. And I could kind of I I I'm assuming that was it, like unlocking uh-huh. itself, um, because it did. It was this audible click, and the truck kind of like moved, moved a little, a little yeah. bit. So then I hopped in and I pushed in the clutch and it rolled backwards. Yeah. And so it was free. And then I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm not going to use the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we were I've still been there going, before. <laughs> yeah. I still had to tap on them a few times, but 
when we were going down hills, I was just, I was going third gear down the hill, like holding, you know, 45 and a 55, yeah. you know, making these corners easy on the truck and everything. Um, and it worked fine. I mean, the rest of the day, all mm-hmm. the, then the next day, all the way home and mm-hmm. I drove to the assistant's house. And then on Monday, I drove all the way back, you know, mm-hmm. wait, so, uh, Sunday, I drove all the way back home in Bobcat and I never had a problem since. Yeah. That's so. weird. I'm not sure what caused it i think it just maybe got hot and it stuck yeah. on the downhill yeah. through that canyon and I, then after that i'm guessing it i like should change the fluids mm-hmm. in the, the whole system cuz it's sort of it, what's interesting is it's having the problem on the closest uh caliper to the yeah. the reservoir and everything so I'm I'm just assuming that it's going to be a bad fluid and a fluid swap which okay. that's going to happen anyway when yeah. i do the disc brake conversion <laughs> um uh, and we have we have all the parts. We have everything to do the disc brake conversion. Mm-hmm. We have a new brake booster. We have a uh, new discs, new rotors for the front and the rear. Um, and we've had them for a few months now. Yeah. We just haven't had time to <laughs> sit no. down and do it. Whenever, yeah, whenever we get the time, it's like, okay, yeah. let's wheel this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure that's like everybody's problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, I've got to fix this little thing and my free time's a weekend, but I want to go wheeling uh-huh. also. Yeah. Know. So, um. I think, or the caliper's bad. Yeah. And if either one of those is the case, they're getting swapped out. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, it wouldn't make sense that if something upline would um, be affecting just one caliper. Just one caliper. It'd be having issues on multiple calipers. Yeah. Yeah. And if the fluid is going bad, it kind of makes sense that the shortest one would be bad first. And then it would kind of, like, trickle down the line. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Or at least that's my guessing. Yeah. So once we started on the way, we drove the rest of the way all the way up to the trailhead, and that, everything was good. Everything was good. Yeah, good and great. That was a good, great combo right there. A good, great. Yeah, everything was great. Great. I don't know what I said. Good. Yeah. Great. It's like snail wine. Yeah. Did you see that email? I did. Okay. Thanks, Sherpa. Thank you, Sherpa. Um, so yeah, the, we had an adventure Saturday getting to the trails. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you to Gary. I don't know if Gary listens to the podcast, but if you do, buddy, thank you for hanging out. And is he your Bart buddy? No. Okay. No, that's John. And John was not on the trip. John is currently going crazy and about to uh, disappear Mm -hmm. from society right now. So he's, he's pretty much uh, working on the hammers race car for the Ford, their 4,800 class race. And uh, there's a lot to do still. And John is not the kind of guy that's like he doesn't ask. Well, for I'll help. get to. Well, he doesn't ask for help, and he's not the kind of guy. He's kind of like Hussman, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's not going to cut corners. He's not going to get to a certain point and say, "Okay, good enough is good enough." It's either no. well, the best that it can be, or it's not going. Sure. And so that makes sense for probably one of the hardest races in the world. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) Especially when he's going to be the passenger in it and his life is on the line. So he's just kind of going crazy trying to get everything fixed and settled and set up. And, um, so yeah, he's, yeah, that's John. (laughs) That's my Bart buddy. (laughs) Yep. All right. Um, yep. Thanks Gary for stopping and hanging out with us as well. Yep. Uh, so after that, we got up to the, uh, run. We caught up with everybody and um, we hung out for a little bit, got aired down, and they came over and said, Hey, all right, cool. Where's your guys' liability slips? Yeah. <laughs> and we, so last year, 
and years in the past when I've tried to go up, apparently I am the only vendor that shows up to Cal 4 events that also wants to go on trail runs. Yeah. During the event. A, it is a bit odd. <laughs> and so I'm like, why is this an issue? But um, last year, you know, I was a vendor for the podcast. Mm-hmm. We had a booth. And I went on the trail run on Saturday. And, and, you, then, and you signed up for the trail and run. And I signed up for the trail run and registered for it and everything. And then, you know, halfway through the day, I was like, okay, hey, I got to go. Because I got to get back to the fairgrounds and set the booth up and get ready for the raffle and everything. And they threw a big fit about it. And they were like, no, you can't leave. We're in charge of your safety and making sure you make it off the trail. And I was like, "Um, I don't care. I have to go. (laughs) I can take care of myself. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) But I need to get going. And they're all, no, you can't leave yet. You can't leave the trail until we, we take everybody off the trail. And I was like, look, I don't care what you need to do to make it legal that I'm not that you're not in charge of me anymore, but I'm leaving. Yeah. So whatever we got to do to make this okay on your end, um, then I'm willing to do it. But it became this big issue last year, right? Right. And so this year, I was like, fine, I'm just not going to sign up for the run. But and I, but you know the run doesn't have a parade permit, so technically, legally, anybody can still go off roading on the same trail that the Cal Four events are happening on. Um. And not be a part of the run. So I told the guy, I was like, look it, I'm not a part of the run. You and me are not a part of the run. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're just out here wheeling. We're vendors. We're gonna have to take off halfway through the day. So just think of us as guys who happen to be out here wheeling in the same spot at the same time as the run for today. You're not gonna have to keep track of us. We're not gonna ask for any help. We're self sufficient. And at some point we're gonna turn around and leave without telling you. <laughs> so don't pay attention to us, don't he goes and then apparently there was a big issue. He goes, "No, we just you're you're on the run for the day." And I was like, "No, I mean technically we're not. We're <laughs> right. We're hanging out with you guys, but we're not on the run." And um and so that then that became a big ordeal. So I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're damned if you do and you're damned <laughs> yeah. if you don't. Yeah. You know, it's funny because last year you were part of the run so that we they put us you in the lineup, mm-hmm. right? And so if when you want to turn around, you have to have everybody behind you pull over. Yeah. And give you room to get out. Either and that so, or just me pull over and wait until everybody, everybody passes. passes. Yeah. Exactly. And um, this time when we went, we said, we're not part of the run. We want, like, we're going to be behind you guys and we're going to want to leave early. Yeah. Um, and so we sat behind them and at any point we could have turned around, uh-huh. you know, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. But the sort of negative thing was we never got to cut fresh snow. We, we were yeah. pretty much always in people's tracks. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just, and after 35 rigs go down the road. <laughs> it's a, it's a road. It's a road, you know, <laughs> yeah. minus an uphill. I could be in two wheel drive the whole time. Yeah. Um, but Eventually, and, and they made good time. The tri- the group made good time. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they departed a little late, but we all scooted along pretty well. There was a few stockish uh, JLs with us mm-hmm. that were getting hung up. And in my opinion, I think they just needed to air down more. Yeah, <laughs> um, pretty much. But they were on probably 31-inch tires. 31s, 32s, somewhere around there, yeah. Um, and somewhat street tires, mm-hmm. not like... Like the street tire all terrain version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> it was essentially like Falcon Wild Peaks. Yeah, maybe. Similar Sim- similar similar tread mm-hmm. design to uh the Falcon Wild Peaks yeah. the all terrain. It's the tire that they sell you from the factory that says it's an all terrain tire that gets really good gas mileage. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um but so we scooted along with them and they stopped a few times to help people out and then 
we got to kind of the top of this ridge and we're like, should we turn around here? And then they, um, they got over the radio and they said it was only like a little farther to the lunch spot. Yeah. And so we're kind of like, let's go to the lunch spot. Yeah. So, cause it was only at like 11 AM yeah. when we got to the top of the ridge. And mm-hmm. last year it was, I think 1230 when we got to the top of the ridge. So an oh, hour and wow. a half, almost two hours later in time um, because the top of the ridge right there is where we had lunch last year on right. that run. Um, but yeah, so we we were like, oh, it's only 11 a.m. I mean, it's too yeah. early for you and I to turn around. <laughs> we right. can still have some fun. So let's just keep going with the everybody until they get to the lunch spot. And mm-hmm. then we can either decide if we want to hang out, have lunch or turn around and go back. Yeah. So we had lunch mm-hmm. um, with everybody. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to turn around when they were all departing to go up the hill. Mm-hmm. And then we we're still on their radio frequency. Yeah. And so we heard them go like say, okay, we're going to go up this hill and we're going to go over this way. And, and then it sounded like a hundred yards in, <laughs> it was too deep for anybody to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't break trail anymore. About a hundred, about a hundred yards in, it was maybe 10 minutes after we departed them from the lunch spot mm-hmm. that we just heard them come over the radio. Yep. It's too deep. We can't really continue anymore. Everybody back up to the lunch yeah, spot and turn around. And turn around. <laughs> so, so that you was and funny. I, you and I headed out then, mm-hmm. and on our way out, we took a slightly different route than the route we took coming in. Yeah, we went back on the same road, but then we turned off about halfway back. Yeah, which another trail, another group, another adventure, the on extreme run, the extreme for that run day, was yeah. that came up that route, and we went down that route. Yeah. Uh, and so that route was a little more narrow, a mm-hmm. lot more windy, mm-hmm. uh, much more of a kind of a one lane only trail. Yeah. I got the feeling that the one that we were on was actually a paved road underneath the mm-hmm. um, the snow. And yep. the one that we took on the way back was like, it was a legitimate dirt trail. Yeah. Dirt pretty road. much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one that we went up on the way there, it's a lot like uh, Wentworth Springs or Mormon Immigrant Trail. Sure. Where it's paved underneath. And so it's uh, a county road. So you can actually access it uh, pretty much year round. They don't mm-hmm. close it. Um, so if you're ever up on the Highway 80 side of things and want to venture up uh, a little bit uh, a ways from Highway 80 and do some fun snow wheeling, uh, Hennis Pass, not Hennis Pass, that's the dirt trail. Um uh, I forget the name of that ridge. It's a yeah. it's a ridge road, something ridge road, and that's should be open all year long and it's paved, so you don't have to worry about digging down and tearing up the dirt underneath or anything. Um, so check that out. It's up near Allegheny. Uh, but you and I decided to come down the dirt trail, mm-hmm. which yep. uh, Cal Four has permits for during the weekend. And so we came down. We never met the group, the extreme group coming up. No, they've already passed us. Yeah. And so uh, we went down. Yeah. Did you see where they turned off the other way? I saw where they went. They turned and went up. Yeah, a, a little, a little hill, or something, and made a big loop around. Apparently, yeah, I saw. So when we were driving back, it looked like because mm-hmm. I think I don't know if you went out there too. Mm-mm. There was a spot where we were stopped, waiting for something to happen up ahead mm-hmm. of us, and then you went off in the deep powder and were kind of putting around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they turned. They used that area as a turnaround. It looked like. Oh, okay. So they came up the trail. They came up where we were going, uh-huh. and then they turn all turned around uh-huh. where in that spot, and then they went back. It looks. I my guess is they missed the turnoff. Oh, okay. And then they went back a little ways, and then shot up another road. Yeah. Um, heading south. Yeah. Um, kind of down. But yep, and that's exactly what happened. I talked to some of the guys that were on that run um, that night mm-hmm. during dinner, and that's exactly what had <laughs> oh, happened. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they okay. went up and they had lunch. 
up where they all turned around. Oh, got it. And then they, on their way back, instead of just going back out the trail, they went and went up around the, the little loop uphill. Huh, so see? to the south. My MacGyver mm-hmm. uh, detective skills detective are skills? on point still. <laughs> yeah. So we were heading down the trail. Trail was already broken, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I don't know how many rigs were in that group yeah. that went up. Um, and everything was going good. And then it started getting less and less snowy. Yeah. And and what kind of condition was it turning into? Mud. Yeah. <laughs> Mud and dirt. And muddy dirt. Yeah. So. Wet dirt. Uh, yeah, it was, which is it called was, mud, which is mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got the rigs a little muddy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, definitely a little muddier than I had really wanted. Yeah, me too. Um, I kept saying, what did you take me down this trail for, Tyler? Yeah. <laughs> you got my truck dirty. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up getting down to the bottom, uh, down into a little town called Forest Town, Forest Mine Town, something. It's a little uh, tiny mining town. Like 12 people. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if that. Um, and All so the we, houses were sort of slanted, crooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we aired up there mm-hmm. and got some to... Some guy stopped. Some guy so, stopped. He had a nice rig. What was he in again? It, it was, was in a, a JK. JK. It was like an orange JK. Yeah. Or, yeah, I don't think it was a JL. And he was at, talking to us about, you know, where'd you guys go? What'd you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think anybody can make it around like well, this time of year. And I think <laughs> yeah. we did yeah. exactly what he was saying. I think we did too. You know, he's like, oh, nobody can do that. You know, it's too deep back there. And I think, yeah. I mean, we were we were in people's tracks. Yeah. But it was fairly easy for us. But, you know, people went up that hill, breaking mm-hmm. trail, mm-hmm. which was a pretty awesome rig that did it. From yeah. what I understand, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah. So we aired up and then uh, cruised back. And on the way mm-hmm. back, we actually crossed right where we started. Mm-hmm. And there was a good chunk of the group already <laughs> yeah. back at yeah. that staging area <laughs> that we were trying to beat back. Yeah. You know, like we left early because we needed to be back. And then I guess we took the longer route. <laughs> yeah. We definitely took the longer route. It takes a lot quicker to come back um, mm-hmm. down the paved road than the dirt road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and then we said our goodbyes there and then headed out and mm-hmm. went down to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, anything exciting on the way back from the show? Not really. Yeah, it was just cruising. Yeah, yeah. We, My radio cut off at that point. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you never told me that. You didn't need. <laughs> what was it? Was it that important? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I if, if your your ham radio or your stereo stereo oh, stereo okay. radio. Okay, your stereo radio cut out. Why did it... Oh, is that when it died? Yeah, the battery battery died. (laughs) (laughs) So, for some reason, my head unit in Bobcat just stopped working one day. Uh And um, I was thinking about it because I was like, man, it'd be nice to have some tunes. It is super nice to have tunes while you're living. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about it when I was laying in bed on um, Friday night. I was like, maybe I just popped the fuse. Like, I never looked at the fuse. So, Mm we... um, Went and investigated where the fuse was and pulled the fuse and it was totally fine. Yeah. So I I think the radio just fried itself or something. I'm mm-hmm. not quite sure what happened. But anyway, I brought a Bluetooth speaker with me. Yeah. And was using the Bluetooth speaker <laughs> inside the truck as I was wheeling along. Uh-huh. And about, yeah, I, when we, it's technically, I think it was when we were going like right near the end, right down the bottom of the dirt hill. Mm-hmm. It stopped playing. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, so we cruised back, went all the way back in. You stopped off to get more gas, and yeah. I continued on, and I got us parking like right in the front. Yeah, which was nice. And so we were two, two dirty ass Toyotas <laughs> parked right in the front of a of, of very big Jeeper group yeah. event. Yeah. So that was funny. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to hang out with Kelly and some other people that were there and mm-hmm. we went inside and set up the booth and I, f- yeah, I don't know where you went. You went somewhere and then I walked in and like there was five people huddled around the table all <laughs> investigating the Morphlate that was there. Yeah. The Morphlate was a big hit. It was. People saw on the on this at this event that people were airing up and airing down with the more flates, mm-hmm. and everybody that didn't have one was curious what they were. And then yep. a lot of people stopped by the table mm-hmm. to uh, ask a bunch of questions. Yeah, which was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of the response we had last year. Um, but last year we actually were able to make and have a bunch of them made and brought to the event. Yeah. And you this need year to do we that didn't again. have time. Yeah, we, that I'm, was the big that was the big issue. I'm curious because we handed out a 20% off discount code at the event. Mm-hmm. And I want, I'm curious about how, like how many people of those actually are you being used and you know how many did we talk about or hand out? Yeah. You know. Well, so far and today this is Tuesday. So mm-hmm. one day, one full day after the event, I've had five of those discount codes come back in. Wow. So that's a pretty good, pretty good turnaround already. Mm-hmm. I've been in talks with a couple of other people, um, just trying to figure out what their air system currently is, yeah, and how to uh, get the Morphlate to work just fine using some of the adapter um, kits I have for different people, people's different air setups, different compressor that they're using. So um, I have a couple more that are getting ready to to be purchased here. But um, we also uh, launched the new website. Mm-hmm. And the Morphlate Duo, so the two tire kit is also out and available on the new website uh, for purchase and ordering. So yeah. the new website is just morphlate.com, M O R R F L A T E.com. Um, but yeah, we've already had uh, people coming from the event and emailing me saying they saw us at the event and, and wanted to get either more info or uh, looking to purchase. So nice. Cool. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but de- next year we definitely need to have some there. Absolutely. Um, you know, it just sucks. People you know. want it like we're handing us cash. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me buy this one off your table. Yeah. I'm like, no, I can't because then I can't demo it. You yeah. know, and that was Friday night, you know, yeah. and before even Saturday. Let me mm-hmm. buy this one. I want to use it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, no. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because when we got back, there was a guy in a, what are those renegades? The Jeep Renegade? Okay. The tiny Jeep. Oh, okay. There was a guy that pulled out like a <laughs> tiny battery-powered oh, right. air now. compressor. Yeah, and for his like twenty-nine tires. Yeah, which would have been probably fine. But I was like twenty-nine inch tires. Twenty-nine inch yeah. tires. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have Sorry. twenty-nine tires. <laughs> twenty-nine inch tires. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, dude, let me get you. Let me give you a hand. Yeah. And so I went and got the Smitty built compressor that I have. That's yours. And then the Morphlate, and I hooked it all up, and we talked for like two minutes, and then his tires were full. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wow. And then he came to the booth and he's like, all right, tell me about this thing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. Um, the Morphlates were a big hit. The podcast was a big hit, too. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of Toyota guys there. Yeah. There was one guy walking around wearing a Rubathon t-shirt. Yes. And so I kind of yelled at him. I was like, hey, what Toyota do you drive? And he kind of looked at me kind of funny. He comes over. He goes... Well, it's not really a Toyota anymore. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, what vehicle do you, are you driving? He goes, well, it's an FJ40, but I have a, a Chevy crate engine in it, some Ford axles under it, and it's stretched 11 inches and, <laughs> and all this other. I was and like, no, Hummer, Hummer portal and, boxes. And a humble port up on portal boxes, Hummer uh, portal boxes. I was like, 
oh man, we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up talking with him for a while. Yeah. And then you actually disappeared for like almost 40 minutes. Yeah. It was a while. Um, you were like, I got to talk to this guy more. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I'll be back. And then all of a sudden I saw you walking with intent with him uh, past the booth. And I was like, all right, Jimmy's going to be gone for a while. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah. So he took me, his name was Gary uh-huh. and I never got to see his rig, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took me over to his father. Okay. And he's like, all right, tell him about the rig. Cause I guess his father built it. Oh, interesting. It's actually his father's rig, but Gary was driving it, ah, and his father was passenger. Okay. Um, and one of the things that Gary was super proud of was that he was breaking trail for the extreme uh-huh. um, trail, yeah. and his diff wasn't even hitting the snow. Yeah. He wasn't dragging his diff at all. And what was his, like, <laughs> 40s or 40, 40s? I want to say he was on 40s, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 40s with portal boxes and four nine inches, and he wasn't hitting... It wasn't like his when he was breaking the trail, his diff wasn't even hitting. Yeah, it was, and it was, it was a good, I don't know, two and a half to three and a half feet of snow mm-hmm. that we were that the was total on the trail. So yeah. for him to be breaking trail through that much fresh snow and not dragging his diffs, super impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so when I went to speak to the dad, I was like, "Tell me how you made the axles." You yeah. Know? And he started explaining portal boxes like in depth, <laughs> and I'm like, "I already got that." You know, but I didn't interrupt the guy. Uh-huh. But I was like, I understand how portal boxes work and what they are. Yeah. And then he was telling me how about um since the gearing in the portal boxes, there's like two gears in there, mm-hmm. more or less. And um so it's gonna spin one one way and it spins the other the other way, and technically it's gonna put you in reverse. Oh interesting. So you gotta flip the axle up around, up like kind of <laughs> upside down so that uh-huh. it's the pinion is spinning the ring gear in the opposite direction. Okay. And then that's counteracting it. Now you're spinning the drive shafts in reverse. Yeah. And then you're um, spinning the main gear in forward, but it's yeah. still pushing on the teeth the right way because I was well, like. You're spinning the axle shafts in reverse. That way you're spinning the, the top gear. gear in the portal yeah. box in reverse. And then Correct. that's now spinning the, the lower gear yeah. in the portal box forward. Yeah. That's moving your tires forward. <laughs> um, and I was asking him questions like, how did you adhere the portal boxes? And he was like, oh, you kind of, you know, just make a flange and bolt it on. I'm like, well, that's nice and easy for your rear axle that doesn't stir- like turn. How yeah. do you do it for your front? It's like, oh, you just put on a C-clips or a C- <laughs> Weld some C's, C's, on, C's on there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but like, how did you get the geometry? And yeah. kind of didn't necessarily answer that for me. Okay. But he was, uh, he made it sound like it was super easy, even though. Huh. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for Hussey, they, these guys were doing it with uh, Ford 9 inches, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah Hussey's going to be doing it with his Toyota axles? Toyota axles is yeah. the game plan. And nice. Spider Tracks knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> Should be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I was super interested in his rig. He lives down in the Fresno area and does a lot of wheeling in the Shaver mm-hmm. Lake area. And so Swamp Doozy, all those good trails down there. Um, so I told him, I said, I'm, I'm determined this year to get down and do doozy. I'm down. Let's do so, it. So, uh, we just need to plan it out and figure out when doozy is going to open because yeah. it has a very short window of being open. It's kind of like Barrett Lake up here. Mm-hmm. So, um, I told him if we come down, we'd love to have him along. So yeah, we'll get in touch That'd with him fun. one way or another. Um, if, get if, to wheel depending on the snow season, depends mm-hmm. on how long the trails open. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, up through Saturday night and Saturday, the raffle happened. Yeah. Uh, did you win anything? Nope. I, I kind of won something. So <laughs> I didn't enter though. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't, didn't buy either. any tickets. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> so one of, uh, 
uh, my Jeep buddies from the Mad Hatters won a 15% off uh, any item at Marlin Crawler. Hmm. But he's like, they don't have any Jeep stuff. They don't have any Jeep stuff. So here you go, Tyler. (laughs) So I have a 15% off anything at Marlin Crawler now. So we can, we can purchase the um, lift kit for the Tacoma. Yeah. The lift kit for the Tacoma. That's supposed to be 10 grand or something like that. So we'll save like $1,500 on it. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. No, but then uh, in the, in the envelope are these massive Marlin Crawler stickers. They're like 10 inch, 12 inch radius. Yeah. I was going to try and sneak it onto my buddy's Bronco. Uh-huh. His Bronco that was there, the maroon one with the yeah. blue bumpers, Craig. Craig's. Um, so I was going to try and sneak it on. I completely forgot to do it. Um, so I know I don't think Craig listens to the podcast. So you everybody still have, there, a, second still have a second chance um, to find him awesome. at some point and sneak those on there. Um, I've been told to be careful, though, because whatever you do, whatever pranks you pull to Craig, he doubles it in return. He comes back, yeah. <laughs> Tenfold. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I left a little ways mm-hmm. into the raffle and started heading home. Yeah. Uh, you. I mean, yeah, into the raffle you did. Yeah. It was a really long raffle. Yeah. Usually I the raffle. The I left in the middle. Yeah. The raffle lasted until about 1030. Holy cow. And they went through every single item, every single bag that mm-hmm. was there, every single item. And they started it at like eight. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Seven forty-five. They 8 started o'clock. it after. For some reason, they started the kids' raffle late, mm-hmm. and it went long. And mm-hmm. then they started the normal raffle late because the kids' raffle went long. Yeah. So they pulled the the four big items: so the tires, the two winches, and something else um, first, and then held on to those four tickets until the very end. Oh wow! So everybody stayed through the entire raffle <laughs> and as soon as they pulled those four tickets the room emptied nobody yeah. stayed for dancing nobody stayed to keep uh with the bar the bar was com- a lot of out of a lot of stuff anyways mm-hmm. um but yeah it was it was interesting so i think they're gonna change that up it's a new club doing the raffle this year and they did a fantastic job with collecting items and and running the raffle they they did a really interesting thing which i caught and i don't know if they knew that that's exactly what they're doing. It's a really cool idea because what you do is you buy a sheet of 25 tickets for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, tickets are a dollar each. Right. So you buy a dollar per ticket um, or you can buy these sheets. And the sheet, uh, all 25 tickets on this sheet has uh, the same number on it. Yes. And then you get the, the, the break-off stub mm-hmm. that has that number. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. So, no, absolutely. It makes it streamlined and everything. Oh, totally. Right? But what they did yeah. was they just made it $25 per ticket. <laughs> because ev- I don't I don't think anybody at the show bought individual tickets. There was a few blues. There was a few blues. I don't think the blues were purchasable though. I think those blue tickets oh, really? came with your registration packets. Yeah. So I do I do think that most people just gave them the twenty dollars to get twenty five tickets. Twenty five tickets. So yeah. So what you were saying is they pretty much gave twenty dollars for a ticket. Well they had one ticket in their hand, so they had they, one ticket. They made it so that tickets were as long as everybody purchased those sheets. Mm-hmm. They made it so tickets are not a dollar a piece. They're twenty bucks. They're twenty five bu- or twenty bucks a piece. Yeah. Exactly. So I was like, inflation, right. economics. <laughs> yeah. I but, when um, I was um hanging out, I saw the guy win the Morphlate and mm-hmm. then he won again two items later. Yeah. With the um, same number. Because it's the same number, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that whatever it was, zero eighty three. Yeah. And then 
like two items later, it was zero eighty three again, and I was like, you know, oh, yeah. I know who that was. Yeah. So um, I thought that was interesting. I thought I that thought was cool. Was, I thought it was a really neat idea. Oh, totally, absolutely. You know, makes, instead of somebody trying to look through, uh-huh. you know, like if you bought a hundred dollars worth of tickets, <laughs> you have a hundred tickets have, to look through, or five <laughs> tickets. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. No, it's a really good idea. I liked it. I thought that was really cool. I thought it was super clever. Mm-hmm. I think that um, more raffles should be doing it that way. Um, so yeah, I'm not complaining or anything. I just thought it was interesting because that's how my mind works. I perceive sure. things and Understood. see that stuff that way. So, uh, I thought it was really cool the way they did the raffle. I just didn't like that they had to do every single item, right? And call out every single item right. for the raffle. It just kinda, in, it just went too long. In previous years, uh, the previous group did. Mm-hmm. Um, they like called out four to six, eight items, and then mm-hmm. all the other items to win were on the were posted printed out and posted on the wall and you can come up and claim your item yeah and apparently consume consumers the people winning items didn't want to do it that way there was complaints saying that they didn't want to have to go up and look through a list to see if they won anything or not Mm. um but we'll see how many people end up complaining about how long how long it took to do the raffle um i i told him i said i think you guys should do a, a kind of in between what the the old club used to do and the new club's doing and instead of doing everything there save some items for a silent auction and do some items in a silent auction bid that way it cuts down how many items are announced for the mm-hmm. raffle um but it still um gives people an extra opportunity to win other items yeah and get called and, and all and money do. being donated through the silent mm-hmm. auction can go to cal four wheel exactly so it's just another it's another way to get donations and it mm-hmm. boosted the no- donation money so yeah anyway so that was well, i did see mm-hmm. um steve from sneevy's off-road mm-hmm. he was up there and he would go out and he did a few times <laughs> where he's like buy this bottle of something for yeah. ten dollars and it I'm just going to go walk over and hand it to Cal 4 Wheel. Yep. You know, he, and he, he does that up. every single raffle pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. He's out at a lot of the Cal 4 events and he'll do something like that where he'll have an extra synthetic winch line and he'll just go out and be like, all right, I'm going to auction this off, you know, whoever wants it. I think during Sierra Trek, he sold a uh, dynamic toe strap or a light bar or something like that for like 600 bucks. Really? Just because he was like, it's donating to Cal 4 Wheel, and yeah, you get this, but really, this is the real cause here, and he's really good at at doing that kind of stuff and really bolstering the support Mm -hmm. for the off-road communities, which is one of the reasons why we partner with him. And so, um, yeah, and so every once in a while, he'll just have a random item and go out, and he'll do a live auction for that item. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's really cool. Um it definitely adds some entertainment value as well to the auction. It kind right. of breaks up the monotony of just numbers being called. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was cool. The raffle was a fun night. Uh, drinks were plentiful. Oh, um, yeah. There was just no dancing really that happened. Yeah. And the DJ, I feel like, was a little wasted. He was not, he himself was, you know, like he wasn't drunk. It was just wasted yeah. resource having a DJ. Right. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a fun event on that was all the way through Saturday and then Sunday is the last of the trail runs and um so that's the one that I was helping run and lead on Sunday and uh, we had about 20 rigs oh nice for the snowcat run on Sunday uh, it was fun we went up to uh, Lake Valley Reservoir off of Yuba Gap just below Fordyce okay on the other side of the freeway from Fordyce and uh, the snow conditions were beautiful because it rained all that night. Yeah. And and 
being in, by the way, I'm a huge, huge fan of that Gazelle T3 tent right now. Oh, yeah. Um, it poured all night long Saturday night, and I was warm in the tent. I didn't have any issues with being cold or anything, okay. and I was completely dry. And nice. I didn't like set the tent up on a tarp or anything. I just set it on the, the ground floor that comes with the tent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's built into the tent. Um, and everything was completely dry. I had zero moisture inside the tent. Nice. Um, it was quite loud though. <laughs> oh yeah. But you know, all tents are, all tents will be in the rain. How uh, is the air mattress? Their mattress worked out just fine. Yeah. Um, it didn't, it was lower in pressure, air pressure on Saturday morning than it was Sunday morning. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I asked because it was yeah. my air mattress because yeah. <laughs> we got up there and Tyler's like, um, I forgot my mattress. I forgot my air mattress. It's in my which, other camping. Which spot. is a reason that you should write your notes out, your list, uh-huh. and have it for the next time. Well, what I normally do when I go camping or anything is I grab, I have everything in totes, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my camping totes, my off-roading totes, my tool tote. Uh-huh. And so I wasn't really, I didn't, I don't think of that as really going camping because my camping tote has like kitchen supplies, food supplies, and uh, an air mattress in it. Got it. And so maybe I just need to, I need to create another tote for overnight. Yeah. Just an, an overnight sleeping arrangement tote. Right. And then a camping tote and yeah. other stuff. So, But in like the last few camping trips, you forgot a air mattress and a sleeping bag. Well, that's also because my stuff was yeah, just stolen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have everything <laughs> set back up again. And I hadn't repurchased a new sleeping bag. Right. Um, so, you just happened to find one. Yeah, I happened to find one buried in my closet as I was working on some other stuff. Speaking of that, did you uh-huh. bring it did you bring the air mattress back? I not today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need it? No. For I don't know. Okay. I don't. Um but the trip on Sunday was a lot of fun. Uh I ended up having somebody else break trail who's he's kind of new to snowmilling but is absolutely loving it. His rig is set up really well for it. He's a JK on 40s and uh Dana 60s. Um, really nice rig. His name's Brian. I know he listens to the podcast, so you met him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was ab- having a great time breaking trail up front. It wasn't like brand new snow, like three feet of brand new snow. It was like half a foot of brand new snow in the tracks. But yeah, he was having a good time from the, you know, the snow came in from the night before the storm that came through and it was raining on us or snowing on us all day long. Oh, nice. So it was really cool. It was just kind of had this mist hanging over everything, uh, this yeah. fog. So it wasn't bright and, and sunny like it was the previous year. It was a completely different um, conditions than it was the previous year. And what's really cool is that there was a guy in our run that did that exact same trail the day before. Oh, really? And he goes, he goes, it's a, it's completely different conditions than it was yesterday. Yeah. And we're like, that's kind of the beauty of snow wheeling is that it's always changing conditions. You can run the same trail um, seven times in a week and have a different experience every single time. So was he, did Cal 4 Wheel run that trail the day before? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Apparently there's, you know, three or four runs that goes out to the, the Fordyce area uh, Yuba Gap area, and there's mm-hmm. three to four runs that go out to Allegheny. Okay. And then on Saturday, and then on Sunday, there's, I think, three runs total. And uh, the run that we do on Sunday morning, on Sundays, is the Snowcat run, and that's where we go out to near the Fordyce and Lake Valley area, Lake Valley Reservoir. Got it. Um, but we made great time. We got up to our lunch spot in with with a lot of time left over to spare before lunch. <laughs> it was about 10.30. <laughs> 10, oh, wow. 10.30, so we were like, 
Well, let's keep going and have a good time and see how far we get. And we'll just get to wherever we can before we um, call it and have, have lunch it. there or figure out yeah. what we're doing. So we kept going and we had heard from the group the day before uh, that they made it, quote unquote, really far past the lunch spot. And so we're like, okay, cool. Let's just go and see how far they made it mm-hmm. and um, have a good time. So we went down. And we, they made it about maybe a quarter mile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, we could see there was a bunch of turnaround tracks for people trying to turn around clearing an area. And um, and all of a sudden, there's just no tracks anywhere. So we had Brian try and go clear it and immediately got stuck. And he got out of his rig to uh, just kind of look at things. And he went on the other side of the little berm that he was pushing, the snow berm that he was pushing, and sunk down up past his waist. Holy cow. In the snow. <laughs> wow. So we were like, I don't think we're going to be going very much further. <laughs> so yeah. um, we ended up having, though, to turn everybody around. We had about 20 rigs, 17 to 18 rigs that we had to turn around at that spot. And it was it was lucky enough, wide enough that we could do it in the trail. But we had to spend some time packing down the area and creating this massive turnaround spot for 20 rigs. Right. Um, so that took us about an hour to get everybody turned around and um, heading back up to the lunch spot. But it was fun. It, it was good. We did it without any issues at all. Nobody really had Sweet. trouble getting stuck um, or getting turned around. And so we got everybody uh, turned around except for one guy. One guy tried to turn around in the middle of the really narrow section, the really deep, narrow section okay. before that, instead of just waiting to come down into the big clearing and mm-hmm. turn around. And he got stuck sideways in the middle of the trail. Oh, no. <laughs> and so um, we had our but one of the guys, one of the trail crew, uh, we put a strap on the back of the guy that was stuck and then hooked him up to my buddy's TJ on the Trepidors, mm-hmm. the, the TJ with the Trepidors. Yeah. And uh, CJ, sorry. Sorry, Dave. Uh, CJ on Trepidors. And uh, we had him just yank the guy, and he almost pulled him over sideways. <laughs> like one was pulling him, f- and they were pulling him in opposite directions? There's only one person pulling. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just hooked onto the, the back end of the, the Jeep that was stuck, and right. he just gunned it and went for it, and he almost just completely rolled him over sideways. Oh, wow. <laughs> if the guy wasn't... I told the guy, I said, hey, your, your goal here, the guy that was stuck is to just spin out so that your wheels keep spinning and it clears the snow and gives you, uh, it creates some less friction. Yeah. And hopefully it'll slide you and spin you like a top rather than pull you sideways or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, it almost still pulled him over <laughs> sideways. Dang. So, but we got him turned around and uh, then everybody else kind of got back up and went up to the lunch spot. And I was coordinating everything and we're only doing like one rig at a time to turn around. And so I never got a chance to eat lunch. Apparently everybody else ate lunch yeah. while we were while we were getting everybody turned around. Got it. And so we get back to the quote unquote lunch spot and everyone's like, Well, no, we kinda wanna all wanna go back now. And I was like, I need lunch. <laughs> I need food. And they were all, Well, we're gonna continue on down the trail. Tyler, do you want to continue or have lunch? And I said, I'm going to stay here and have lunch. Anybody that wants to stay with me, I'll make sure you get off, off the trail just fine. Um, but if anybody wants to continue going with the rest of the group, you guys can continue going and get off the trail. That's fine. Um, but I'm going to stay here and have lunch and relax for a little bit. And so there was three rigs that stayed. The other 17, 18 or whatever went on down the hill. 
Um, we stayed for maybe 20, 25 minutes, had lunch, and then continued our way down the hill and caught up to oh, yeah. the other group that left early. And apparently, as we got down to the bottom of the trail, there was like five brodozers that were trying to come up the trail. Oh, yeah. That were, you know, lifted full-size rigs with street tires, no sidewalls, and running 45, 50 PSI in their tires, mm-hmm. trying to wheel up the up the trail and just blocking everything, causing mayhem. There was one dually that was trying to come up, <laughs> blocking everything, causing mayhem. And so we ended up creating a little path around them, and uh, Brian started pulling them all out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Brian was pulling them all out, and there was one point where... Uh, the one, there was one rig that Brian was pulling out and he was just stuck in slush. And I was like, well, I don't want to sit here and wait at the back of the trail for everybody. So I just went around everybody and went through the slush that the full size was stuck in <laughs> and getting pulled out of. And I just drove right through it and around them and then continued off the trail. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, uh, I like, I'm all for learning, but at least do a little bit of research into what you should be doing in snow mm-hmm. instead of doing all the wrong things. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you guys are listening and you're the brodozers, make sure to go back to our episode where we just dis- where we discuss <laughs> yeah. snow wheeling, snow wheeling, and what are some things that you can do to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Um, carry, so yeah. a, carry a shovel. Carry a shovel. They didn't have a <laughs> shovel. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was, and what's funny is the last year. We did last year during Winter Fun Fest. We had the exact same thing in the exact same place. There were three full size brodozers that were trying to come up and got stuck right at that exact really? same spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it's a brodozer thing on that that trail, that spot there, but yeah. Hmm. Um, so that was the trip. It was fun. Everybody had a good time. Um, I got nicknamed the rescue runner. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, during the trip. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. Everybody had a blast. Um, nobody really got stuck too bad. Where there was one situation where we had to do a double pull and on dynamic straps. So it was like we had a giant slinky. Nice. <laughs> and that's a on video. <laughs> yeah, that's on video. <laughs> we'll get that posted up on the, the Instagrams here soon. Um, but yeah. That's cool. So Snowcat Run was a big success. We yeah. uh, aired up and everybody aired up just fine and went home from there. So, cool. Yeah. You know, um, something I didn't discuss when we were talking about our run when mm-hmm. I was out there was um, going at the difference that traction of how to make different traction in the snow. Okay. You know, Explain where... Explain a little more. Well, um, airing down is one thing. And when you air down, you kind of want to just, you know, you, you discussed it before where you want to make sure that the snow is coming out of, from your tire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And... um but then it got to the point of where I still wasn't gaining, getting traction kind of going up some of these hills. Uh-huh. Right. And you said, you're using too much throttle. Yeah. Right. And I, there was and one I had, point this, you, yeah, I had it in my mind that it's like, <laughs> it's like mud or sand kind of like uh-huh. where you're starting to get bogged down. You need to give it more throttle. Uh-huh. And there's, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure there's situations like that when, mm-hmm. especially when you're hitting some weird pouches and mm-hmm. in the snow, mm-hmm. but Eventually, you said, slow down, let the tires do its work, you know, and I let pulled the tires off, grab. let the tires yeah. grab, and I pulled off, I put it at low, low, I pulled off completely in the snow, all the deep snow of this trail, mm-hmm. and I was, I, I just let out the gas, and it, I was idling, uh-huh. climbing a hill, yeah, like it was, like it would do on pavement, yeah, you know, I was going almost the same speed, uh-huh. you know, and it was, 
really neat to see that you don't need to throttle through it. No. You can actually, you know, let the snow kind of compact itself and spread the load out mm-hmm. instead of g- grab the snow and throw it out from underneath you. Exactly. And that's kind of the, the point to snow wheeling um, that a lot of people, it, it's hard to figure out the finesse Mm-hmm. of snow wheeling um a lot of people just kind of think oh i'm bogging down i need to give it more power and throw the snow out which is the exact opposite of what you want to do um you want to be able to pack it all in and float on top of the snow so there's definitely some situations where you kind of need to throttle through it mm-hmm. but um very 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 rare to have that in snow conditions right so most of the time if you're if you're trying to if you need to add throttle to something, it's because you're backing up, giving yourself room, space, so you can throttle and break the snow berm that you've been building up and punch through it and kind of get up on top of it. But as soon as you hit it, you almost want to let off the gas so that you're not burying and digging through it, but instead you kind of rise up on top Yeah, of using it. it as like a ramp. Exactly. You're creating a ramp rather than punching through it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and it was, it's always cool to see people, the light bulb go off mm-hmm. in, in people's heads and their eyes when they realize, oh, I don't have to throttle. I can do better just by letting the rig do its work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. It was really neat to, to see you go through that transition. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because the other time when I was out wheeling, there wasn't that much snow on the trail. Mm -hmm. And then it was a lot of ice Mm -hmm. and you had to hit obstacles harder than I would want to hit them, you know, even in dry situations. Uh Um, Because in a dry situation, I just slowly climb it. Yeah. And and on this one, you actually have to like, you know, carry your momentum, use your momentum to get up and over the obstacle, Mm -hmm. you know, where this time we didn't really have obstacles like that. And it was just denser or thicker snow mm-hmm. um that we were going through so it was a different different type of snow wheeling which was yeah. fun yep yeah it's really cool once you start dealing with different depths of snow the whole goal to me of snow wheeling is to be able to wheel in an unlimited depth of snow so that you're always staying on top of it not mm-hmm. digging down and you're you're the your rig is always able to continue going through because you're packing in the snow and staying on top of it. Yeah. Um, so you can theoretically go wheeling on 20 to 100 feet of snow if you wanted to. Right. <laughs> yeah. You need those Icelandic balloon tires. I do. Those would be nice. <laughs> I'm already trying to push it with my 1650 IROX. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, the Forerunner Kermit did not have a rear locker. And so I was taking things a little easy and there was one spot when I was packing down the turnaround place on Sunday where I kind of got myself stuck Oh, and people like were asking me, Hey, do you need a pull or anything? I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I just need to create a little bit of room and then I can work on rocking the rig. Um, cause that was one thing I wanted you to do. I wanted you to get stuck so yeah. you can figure out how to get yourself unstuck in snow without needing to get pulled. Um, and so I was able to get myself unstuck within snow that's up to my doors mm-hmm. in Kermit and with no rear locker, which right. I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Bobcat doesn't get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bobcat's really light. So that's, you have that going for you mm-hmm. for snow wheeling. Um, but yeah, it was a fun trip, fun weekend. Uh, yeah. my favorite event of the year, Winter Fun Fest, um, because of the snow wheeling. And, uh, now I've been issued a challenge by one of our buddies, Tom. 
Okay. To go snowwheeling, and so that I can show him that the forerunner can outdo his Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> I went wheeling yeah. with Tom on Barrett. Uh huh. He's got a heavy foot. That's what I hear. <laughs> and and I, his his philosophy is make it or break it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which isn't a Toyota's mentality, no. usually. <laughs> no. We're cheap, and we don't want to break. Exactly. <laughs> He's got a nice Bronco, though. Yeah, he does. I saw it sitting over on the, the trailer when I got back to the camp, Yeah, and I, I wanted to go over and park on it, <laughs> but the tire was like eight, ten feet up in the air. Yeah, almost. <laughs> it's a big... I mean, they're yeah. 40s. Yeah. And then, the even then, the Bronco is tall, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, it is. But But it's super clean, super nice. Yeah. So yeah, what were your what were your were your overall impression? Uh, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I uh, I had a lot of fun out wheeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of fun meeting people, mm-hmm. talking with people, mm-hmm. um, explaining what Snail Trail Four by Four is. I yeah. think we need a new banner. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Snail Trail Four by Four dot com. Doesn't quite explain what we do, uh-huh. um, but it was <laughs> the best thing we had. Yeah, uh, I I enjoyed it. I mean, the bar is fun. The camaraderie is fun. Uh-huh. Um, meeting all the vendors and t- hanging out and talking to people is a blast. Nice. And then, you know, just getting to look at all the different rigs and mm-hmm. go out wheeling and, you know, hang out and talk about trucks and Jeeps and, mm-hmm. you know, BSing and poking fun. And it's, yeah. it's all a great time. Would you recommend people to check out off-roading events like that? Or would you... Do you still, I don't want to say still, I don't know if you ever did, but um, would, do you think that it's better to, for people to just stay doing smaller trips with people they know? Um, I think that it's up to the person. It's kind of a personality thing mm-hmm. in a way. Um, you know, if you're not good with groups, this probably isn't the good <laughs> good place for you to go. Uh-huh. You know, I never really have been out to like the Marlin Crawler Roundup or, you know, any of the Jeep events or, you know, EJS or, you know... Um, anything massive because I don't like to wait in the line. I want to yeah. be able to wheel and go um, out and have fun and not have to be concerned with 30 other people in front of me. Okay. Right? And I just want to be able to go and do it myself. Okay. Or with a small group of friends. Uh-huh. Um, but when you know you're putting yourself into that situation, like I'm going out with 35 people. Yeah. And, the, and some of the rigs aren't nearly as built as what Bobcat is. Uh-huh. And I'm going to have to be sitting around and waiting then yeah, and you go into it with that mentality, mm-hmm. then you're then you're going to have a fine time. It's going to be okay. I thought that what we did on Saturday during the Siberian was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like in in those types of situations with thirty other rigs, I want to either be at the very front or the very end, right? So because you and I just kind of like went at our own pace. There was mm-hmm. times when we just crawled through and tried to play around with um, being in low, 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 and um, feeling the snow compacting underneath the rigs. And then right. there was times that we just rip through the trail and catch back up to everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, I'm not sure if being in the front would be any better than being in the back. Um, I think it'd be kind of one in the same, you know, maybe in the front you get to experience some newer snow or some mm-hmm. different lines, Yeah, you know, and if you're out like on a, you know, a Rubathon event of some sort, you know, maybe some people have stacked rocks. So the trail is kind of easier if yeah. you're in the back. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, so if you're looking for more difficulty, then maybe you're in the front. But if you're 
definitely not in a rush, then, you know, you can, you know, if you're not in a rush, then these events are good. If you're in a rush and you need to go fast and you need to be, um, you know, out wheeling, Uh you know, and carry steam, then these events aren't going to be for you. Yeah. You know, there's, you can go as fast as the trail, the lead person will let you go. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and that's how it is, you know, unless you're the fast lead person, which they probably won't let you be. Yeah. There was, um, during the snow events, they do a pretty good job at asking people if they want to come up and break trail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, usually on the extreme runs, there's a lot more of people pushing to get to the front of the line to, to do that. And you'll see people just kind of end up shifting all over the place. They'll start passing each other and almost creating a game within the line yeah. of who can get to the front and stay at the sure. front. <laughs> it makes sense. Which is always fun to be on, um, be a well, part of it if, sounded you're, if like, you're doing that. It sounded like Gary and Trish were doing that. Yeah, Gary and Trish were doing that. And then uh, Carl and Kenny were doing that as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, otherwise, it's just kind of a fun, relaxing, just go along. You're kind of just along for the ride mm-hmm. and... Um, with 35 of your closest buddies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And you get to yeah. know them better. Yeah. You know, you get to know some people that, like I spoke to this guy that's from um, Forest Hill that had a forerunner, mm-hmm. a first gen forerunner. It was an 87 with a solid axle swap and he had the triple stick yeah. in there. And I was talking to him about that, you know, and I never would have met that guy if yeah. I wasn't out on this run. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah, cool stuff. Um, if you're, or if you're like uh, one of our friends, Cindy, so Cindy came on the Sunday run. She was technically on one of the Saturday runs as well, but she was on the SUV run, the historical run. Mm-hmm. And she came along Saturday and she was terrified of the snow because she used to live in Alaska and had a really bad rollover high speed accident in the snow. And so she was, she was like having a panic attack when we started the run on Sunday. And so I situated myself behind her in the run so I could kind of keep an eye on her and make sure that if she had any issues, we can get it worked out immediately. Mm-hmm. If she needed some help talking through a, a, a slushy area or something. And uh, she did awesome. And by the end of the trip, she was like, this is so much fun. I want to do it again. And all awesome. that. And I was like, so that yeah. was, I love seeing that transition happen in people as well mm-hmm. um, as they learn to expand their limits and what they're comfortable Definitely. with. So that was really cool. So if you're like, Cindy and you have anxiety about um, off-roading or what you're capable of or what your limits or your rigs limits are, these events are a great way to figure those things out. Yes. That's, um, that's with a great people, point. With people that are going to support you and be there for you if anything bad does happen. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's, in my opinion, one of the biggest benefits of these events in terms of the off-roading. The other big benefit is, you know, like you said, you get to meet a lot of people, see a lot of cool rigs, mm-hmm. um, see what people have done with their rigs and the decisions and choices they've made it with it and get to talk with them about it. Like putting an FJ40 on Ford 9-inch axles with a Chevy crate engine and Hummer portal boxes. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's really cool. I like the the camaraderie and the, the meeting people and hanging out and um, getting to you know help people figure out those limits and right. what they're comfortable with and show them that they can do... A lot. Yeah. So, and you know, probably the biggest benefit of all of it mm-hmm. is that the whole, everything that we're doing, everything that's uh, at that event and everything that was going on was all going back to an organization that's helping us out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, that pretty much does it. Um, if you guys have any feedback, any questions, if you were at Winter Fun Fest and I completely ignored you and Jimmy was super cool and said hi to you. 
um, let me know. Call me out. Uh, send those emails on over to Tyler or Jimmy at snailtrail4x4.com. And I think that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you have any final words of wisdom for all of our peeps out there? Hope to see you guys all out at the Capitol on January 31st. And don't forget, keep crawling. Are you enjoying this episode? Tell the person next to you to roll down their window and demand that they listen to the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast. I got one for you. Yeah? Yeah. I'm ready. Why are mountains always bad at hide-and-go-seek? I don't know. Because they're always peaking. Yeah. (laughs) Fair day. Not much. We're just literally about to start recording a podcast. Like, like we're literally recording right now. You're yeah, you're like, on the recording. Yeah, you're on oh, the recording. Awesome. Yeah, and I have the phone up to the mic. Toyotas suck. <laughs> Don't buy a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your word of advice for all of our listeners? <laughs> all right, give me a call when you're done. All right, that'll be in a few hours. Oh my gosh! How many are you recording today? Probably two. It'll it'll take us six and a half <clears throat> hours though. Just put the gag ball in Tyler's mouth. That'll shorten it up a few hours. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I need to get that back from the assistant then. <laughs> <laughs>